The message today is titled, From Sweet to Bitter. From Sweet to Bitter. Just recently I heard a message that was titled, From Honey to Oil, and it's along the same kind of a thought. In fact, that's what got me to thinking about this, because this is something that I have, I have worked on uh, once before, and that, it was back when I was studying other books in the Bible. But the message that I heard the other day, going from honey to oil, <clears throat> going from honey to oil has to do with the manna that came down from heaven and how the manna changed its taste and uh, and I want to point that out to you the verses before I launch into what I want to talk about but look in Exodus chapter 16 Exodus chapter 16 verse 31 and this is when the people receive the manna uh, for the first time and they receive instructions on the manna you know they're only supposed to they're supposed to go out and gather it every morning they're only supposed to gather up that which they need it doesn't do them any good to store some up for tomorrow because you know it'll go bad on them so they they get what they need uh, for that day anyway verse 31 it says in the house of israel called the name thereof manna and it was like uh, coriander seed white and the taste of it was like wafers made with honey so man when they first received this they were excited about this this is great stuff had it, had, it tasted like honey uh, to them now today we when we think in terms of manna you know first of all we think of what did jesus say jesus said i am the true manna which comes down from heaven and he says you know you're going to have to take of me and eat of me and that whole picture is you know we're going to have to by faith believe in Christ and internalize him he's got to be a part of who we are you know kind of a thing and we think of the as being like the word of God and just like you'd go out and you you'd collect manna every day and what you collect today is not going to sustain you to tomorrow or anything else so you got to continually go and and bring in the manna the same thing is true with the word of God you know, so the word of God is like manna uh, to us. And, and so God supplies it. He feeds us on the manna and, and things. And so we can kind of draw comparisons to the word of God when we think of manna and things. But here's the point I want to make out to you that was a part of the message that I heard is that how the manna changed its taste, it changed its flavor. Look in Numbers chapter 11 for a moment. Numbers chapter 11 verse 8 it says and the people went about and gathered it and ground it in mills or beat it in a mortar and baked it in pans and made cakes of it and the taste of it was as the taste of fresh oil and uh, some translations i know translate this that it was this was like something good it was it was um, it changed the flavor into something uh, like a fine oil or or some translations talk about bread baked with fine oil and and it makes it sound kind of, of good and uh, the point here is is like just like the oil is often used for like anointing and and things like that um, just in the next chapter or two is when they come to that place where they're going to send spies into the promised land and they're supposed to come back with a good report, but instead of coming back with a good report, they come back with an evil report. So they're at a crossroads right here, and things are about to change. God's feeding them with manna. It's as sweet as, sweet as honey to them. It tastes good. But now we're getting to a point to where it's time to um, stop the manna, and it's time to become warriors 
and it's time to go into the promised land and take it. Now, the but they didn't do that. <laughs> they didn't do. They came out. They went into the promised land. Came the, the spies did. They came out with an evil report, and consequently, because of that, they wandered in the wilderness forty years, waiting for a generation to die. And during that time, they complained about the manna and everything else. But God still was gracious to them. He was merciful to them. He supplied for them the manna from heaven, the quail that came. They were drinking water, drinking water out of rocks. You know, their shoes never wore out. But uh, that came to an end. If you think about it, when does that kind of stuff stop? I once heard a message, and I've heard messages like this before, where uh, the speaker will make a big deal out of how they got you know free food and 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 nourishment and water and their shoes never wore out how god just took care of them and gave them everything that they they needed you know they may not have got everything that they ever wanted but they got everything that they needed and they make that sound like a good thing well i guess you know it is to a certain extent if you want to be treated like a baby all your life god treated them like a bunch of babies the manna stopped, the quail stopped, the whole drinking water out of a rock, <laughs> their shoes, all that began to wear out. All of that came to an end when they came to that place where they crossed over into the promised land and God made warriors out of them. And once they became warriors, then it was the spoils of the land. You know, it wasn't the God treating you like a bunch of babies. So it's a good thing that the manna and everything stopped because they finally graduated into something better, into something else. And so people make a point out of saying that, yes, the 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 point is, is that the flavor, the taste of the manna in time, it changed. Their circumstances and everything changed. It, it went from being sweet to tasting like oil. Now, I want you to turn to Revelation chapter uh, 10, the book of Revelation chapter 10. This is the... Um, uh, the story of the you know the little book. He sees a vision of an angel, and he's and he's holding uh, he's holding the scroll. And let me see where does it start here. Verse eight. Let's begin reading in verse eight. Revelation chapter ten, verse eight. And it says, "And the voice which I heard from heaven spake unto me again, and said, Go and take the little book which is open in the hand of the angel which standeth upon the sea and upon the earth." And I went unto the angel and said unto him, Give me the little book. And he said unto me, Take it and eat it up, and it shall make thy belly bitter, but it shall be in thy mouth sweet as honey. And I took the little book out of the angel's hand, and I ate it up, and it was in my mouth sweet as honey. And as soon as I had eaten it, my belly was bitter. And he said unto me, Thou must prophesy again before many peoples and nations and tongues and kings. And so the point here is, is that he tells him to take the scroll, take the roll, and he's going to have to eat it. You internalize it. You know, uh, this has got to become a part of you. And then when he took it, he was warned. Now you're going to eat this, and at first it's going to taste good. But after you've let it settle a little bit, once it hits your stomach, it, be, it, it becomes quite bitter because now all of a 
sudden you know there's something connected to this. There's there's some responsibility on your part. And he marks off his ministry here. He said, thou must prophesy again before many peoples and nations and tongues and kings. This is not an easy task, you know, that he's speaking about right here. But, oh, man, the first time he got taste of it, oh, it was good. It was good. But it doesn't take long before it, it turns bitter into your stomach turn to jeremiah chapter 15 go to jeremiah chapter 15 you're going to see this again in jeremiah and uh, while you're going to jeremiah chapter 15 i'm going to read something to you out of ezekiel chapter 3 i'm going to i'm going to read to you the first three verses out of ezekiel chapter 3 listen to this Moreover, he said unto me, Son of man, eat that thou findest. Eat this roll, and go speak unto the house of Israel. Does it not sound the same? So I opened my mouth, and he caused me to eat that roll. And he said unto me, Son of man, cause thy belly to eat, and fill thy bowels with the roll that I give thee. Then did I eat it, and it was in my mouth as honey for sweetness. And uh, and after he does that, you know, he's called out to prophesy. And, at, and beginning in the next few verses, you know, he starts receiving Ezekiel receives his uh, instructions about his ministry, and it and it gets quite difficult. But do you hear that? Hey, cause me to eat it. You're going to go out with with my words, and the Lord is telling him, and he causes him to eat it. Now he's excited about this. Oh, this is good stuff. This is exciting. But it gets hard. It gets difficult. Jeremiah reminds us of that. Look in Jeremiah chapter 15, and I want you to begin reading in Jeremiah 15, verse 16. <clears throat> Jeremiah says, Thy words were found, and I did eat them, and thy word was unto me the joy and rejoicing of mine heart, for I am called by thy name, O Lord God of hosts. I sat not in the assembly of the mockers, nor rejoiced. I sat alone because of thy hand for thou hast filled me with indignation and so all of a sudden he says yeah, this is this is this, uh, i've done everything you told me to do but then he says why is my pain perpetual and my wound incurable which refuseth to be healed wilt thou be altogether unto me as a liar and as waters that fail Ah, what what Jeremiah is saying is, man, I, I did everything you told me to do. I, I accepted your words. I took your words. I ate your words. There was rejoicing at the calling of God upon his life. There was rejoicing of this. And but what he's doing is, is he's reflecting back to some promises that God made to him. Turn to Jeremiah. Hold your space here. But look at Jeremiah chapter one. Jeremiah chapter one. Verse, uh, let's see, verse eighteen. These these are the promises that God made made to Jeremiah. I'm gonna start verse seventeen. Thou thou therefore gird up thy loins and arise and speak unto them all that I commanded thee. Be not dismayed at their faces, lest I confound thee before them. For behold, I have made thee this day a defense city. And an iron pillar and a brazen wall against the whole land. 
against the kings of Judah, against the princes thereof, and against the priests thereof, and against the people of the land. And they shall fight against thee, but they shall not prevail against thee, for I am with thee, saith the Lord, to deliver thee. Ah, man. See, when Jeremiah heard that, he goes, yeah, yeah. I'll take that. He's going to make me a brazen wall, an iron pillar, all that kind of stuff. And when he first received that calling upon his life, there, there was there was some there was some excitement about that. Ah, oh, yeah, Lord, sign me up. But he didn't consider the implications of all of that. Later, the Lord even tells Jeremiah, "Here's the deal. I'm sending you out as a prophet, but the but they won't even listen to you." You will go and prophesy to them, and they they won't even hear you. Yeah, but see, when he first hears all this, he doesn't pay any attention to the difficult stuff. All he hears is, oh, yeah, God's calling me. He's going to do all that. I'm going to be an iron pillar, <laughs> you know, all that kind of thing. And that's all he hears. Now, all of a sudden, he's realizing how hard this is, how difficult this is, and he's he's suffering as a result of the calling that's upon his life. And he says, why is my pain perpetual and my wound incurable, which refuseth to be healed? Wilt thou altogether be unto me a liar? Now, here's the thing. He just called God a liar. You made promises to me. You said things to me. And are you going to be a liar? Are you a liar? I don't know. You don't do things like this. <laughs> Be careful. You know, he's, he just called God a liar. Now look at verse 19. Jeremiah chapter 15 verse 19. Therefore thus saith the Lord. If thou return. Then will I bring thee again. And thou shalt stand before me. And, and if thou take forth. The precious from the vile. Thou shalt be as my mouth. Let them return unto thee. But return not thou unto them here's what he's doing he's basically saying jeremiah repent jeremiah just accused the lord of lying to him and jeremiah and the lord just gets done telling jeremiah that you repent if if you don't repent i'm done with you verse 20 and here's the promise if you do this then i will make thee unto this people a fence brazen wall that they shall fight against thee, but they shall not prevail against thee. For I am with thee to save thee and to deliver thee, saith the Lord. And I will deliver thee out of the hand of the wicked, and I will redeem thee out of the hand of the terrible. Ah, isn't that amazing? He received that calling over in chapter 1. It was like a, it was like a sweet to his taste. He hears what he wants to hear. And he just kind of ignores the stuff that he, he doesn't want to hear. He doesn't realize how tough and how difficult it's going to be. All he hears is, I'm going to be an, an iron pillar, a brazen wall, and all that kind of stuff. I'm going to go proclaim the word of the, God, of the Lord to the people. Never mind the fact that the people aren't going to hear him and they're going to hate him because of the words that he's bringing to them. And so he goes to the Lord and he says, ah, why is this so painful? Why is this so hard? You know, have you lied to me? And the Lord reminds him, he says, no, he said, you can't get away with accusing God of being a liar. And he, and he tells Jeremiah to repent. You repent or I'm done with you. And if you repent, he says, then once again, he reinstates 
that original call. He reinstates the original call. I will make the offense brazen wall, and they shall fight against thee, but they shall not prevail against thee, for I am with thee to save thee and to deliver thee, and I will deliver thee out of the out of the hand of the wicked, and I will redeem thee out of the hand. And so, so Jeremiah repents, and the Lord reinstates him and everything. But oh my gosh, that's frightening. <laughs> That is scary kind of stuff. I can't believe my soul kind of quakes just even kind of thinking along that that line. But that's the point. The point is, is that, man, that's the way the word of God is. When we receive it, oh, my goodness, it's just sweet. We believe it by faith. We accept it. We receive it. And then all of a sudden, it doesn't take long till, you know, uh, it just kind of settles deep into our stomach and, and those words and everything that we hear that was so sweet and, you know, brought so much joy and everything to us, it can get, it can get pretty difficult. It can get pretty hard when your faith begins to get tested, when you've been tried and gone through the fire and have to go through times of tribulation and, and things like this, you begin to cry, oh, but where are the promises of God? Where are those promises that he promised me? You know? But they're there. Those promises are there. And uh, God's going to keep those promises to you. But man, you, after a while, when we realize the responsibility, the cost, you know, just how difficult and everything sometimes it can be, you know, w w if we're not careful, we can accuse God of, of doing the same thing. But that which was so sweet to the taste can become bitter. And so <clears throat> as God launches us off into our ministries, uh, don't don't become uh, don't become bitter, um, Lord Jesus. We thank you for your word, and we're, we're reminded by these prophets uh, today. We're reminded by that uh, vision in the book of Revelation. We're reminded about the those Israelites that wandered in the wilderness for forty years. You know, there's so many examples, God, that that uh, you give us, and uh, Lord, your word is precious and it is sweet. Uh, Lord, but help it not to become, uh, help us not to become bitter. But we do re recognize and we do realize as the, as we walk with you and as we grow in you that some of the things in which you've called us to do can be extremely hard and extremely difficult. But Lord, we still have those promises that you are with us and bless you for that. We pray in the name of Jesus. Amen.